How can an innocent man, who has 13 alibi witnesses that can place him somewhere else, be convicted of a murder in another state? We discuss all this and more in today's episode of My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, buddy. How are you? All good. What's been going over on in the West? Oh, mate, it is so cold over here. And I feel like I'm like moaning about this every single week, but it was so cold this morning. I didn't even want to take my hands out from under the blanket to touch my phone. So I was like, hey, Siri, what's the temperature? And it was seven bloody degrees this morning. So it is freezing. That's cold. Yeah. Like what's been happening in Italy? Well, the sun is shining. It's beautiful weather Weather here. Weather is sweet. Nice. And we're going on holiday to far north Queensland next weekend, which I'm super excited about. Oh, I've been so jealous of like your little roadmap that you've planned out. Um, It sounds like it's going to be the most amazing trip. I was so tempted to do, you know how we were talking about doing an on the road? I was thinking maybe I could do a little record from everywhere we go and be like, this is Mission Beach and this is Port Douglas and this is Palm Cove. But then I thought... Who's going to want to talk to me? Like They'll just be like, get that, get that microphone out my face. <laughs> hey, guys, we're here in um, – I'm from a podcast called My Friends Never Listen to a Podcast, and um, we just wanted to get to know like what, what you guys get up to in your spare time. Maybe yeah. you could get some new followers, Ollie, while you're up there. Ooh. Um, take your mug and just like have it in your – or your um, tote bag and just – Ooh, yeah. And just randomly like plug it to locals. Yeah, we there. never plug our merchandise. People should check out our merch store. Yeah, hide out. If you haven't already got some um, merch and you're looking for some midwinter Christmas party present ideas, head to our website and uh, or to any of our link trees and you'll get a link to um, where you can buy our faces and put them in random places. <laughs> <laughs> Stickers, mugs, T-shirts, whatever you want. The whole kid and caboodle. So this week we were listening to a podcast called 13 Alibis. And I think I'd love it if you can set our listeners up for success by giving them a bit of an overview of what the podcast is all about. So 13 Alibis is a podcast by NBC and we love NBC podcasts Mm -hmm. because they're so well made. And as James said in his opening, a gentleman is imprisoned for a crime which we believe he did not commit. His name is Richard Rosario And even though 13 people could place him in Florida, he was convicted of a murder of a gentleman by the name of George Colazzo in New York. And Mm. this podcast blows my mind when you can have 13 people saying, no, no, he was here. The baby was born. He was definitely here on this date. It's not a day I'm going to forget. Yet Mm -hmm. he still got convicted. And it smells like police corruption and has that... Police laziness. Yeah, just an opportunity for you to return back to being frustrated at the American justice (laughs) system. We're going to have you here, there and everywhere this year with your opinion about the American justice system. And this podcast, for me, really disappointed in that space. It was really sad because it did seem as though police were just going for a result or an outcome Mm -hmm. or closing a case. And as a way of doing that, if we can have two witnesses that have the same story and can place this man at the scene of the crime, we'll just use it. We won't bother following up with any of the eyewitnesses until it goes to court a year later. 
Ugh, frustrating. I was confused and increasingly concerned by all of this, especially after speaking on the phone with two more names on Rosario's list, not related to the others, who insist he was in Florida. By the end of the day, my head is spinning. And the more people that we speak to, it becomes more troubling because every person only supports the last that we spoke to. As I head to the hotel for the night, everything I learned is beginning to sink in. You know, you just look at this cumulative number of alibi witnesses. You know, if they're all mistaken, they're all mistaken together. Next right, onto I-4 West. If those people are correct, there's no way that Richard Rosario could have committed this murder. I can't stop thinking about the facts of this case. And I find myself thinking more about my conversation with Rosario and how he described his life in prison. I think, again, it's that scary element that it could happen to you. So imagine you go on holiday for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and or however long Richard went to Florida for. Then you get home and you're informed that the police are looking for you. So you go down to the precinct and they say, oh, we want you for this murder. And you say, oh, sorry, it can't possibly have been me because I was in Florida. Here's the names and numbers of 13 people who you can contact. And they don't contact any of them. No, this no, is what not, not blows one. my mind. And we're talking credible people who in any mm -hmm. other kind of case would be used as really strong eyewitnesses because one of them is a police officer one of, one them, of them is a pastor. Is a pastor right you know like so and and that's not pasta like you eat <laughs> <laughs> one um, of them's a lasagna yeah, yeah yeah exactly but no you know we've got some credible people who in other cases would be used as really strong eyewitnesses or alibis and they're not even they're not even called i think that's the most frustrating part of this and then knowing that this guy sat in jail for 20 years knowing he was innocent, knowing that there were people out there that could prove him innocent, and no one even decided to follow up on these people, just, yeah, really disappoints you. Yeah, I, I feel as if sometimes the police don't really care about whether you're convicted for the crime that you're in prison for. It's just, oh, you know what, Richard's committed crimes in the past, we've found other people's credit cards on him, he's a bad guy. Therefore, as long as he's in prison, doesn't matter what he's in prison for, just as long as he's not out in society. The streets are safer. Yeah, and I think we don't want to confuse our listeners. Um, Richard Rosario had had run-ins with the police before and he had been guilty of those things. But just because you commit credit card fraud does not link you to being a murderer. Yeah. You know, with, without without investigation or without just cause and if i find that the most frustrating part of it um another so we're really selling it if you want to be disappointed if you yeah. want to be frustrated if you want to be depressed <laughs> listen to this podcast uh, <laughs> no but it, it really does highlight how it does feel like police in the u.s are driven by kpis mm -hmm. and, well they are it yeah, doesn't feel like james they are and and you need to have this many cases closed in order for you to do your job well i would are they linked to bonuses Oz? do you know that would f like infuriate me if if i learned that they were linked to bonus. it wouldn't surprise me but it would infuriate me i think it would be different state to state i don't know about new york but i definitely know that they are more interested in getting a conviction than getting the truth or justice that's not their job that's the job of the court system but something that i loved about this podcast james was 
it looked at the wider problem created by the justice system. And it talks to the fact that, can you remember what percentage of people don't get a trial? Oh, don't get a trial. Is it 2%? Oh, that was a different stat. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. No, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. So more over 90% of people arrested will take a plea bargain because this, the court system could not support everybody having a trial. So they essentially arrest people, put them under pressure to plead, and then just put them in prison. And we now have this mass incarceration situation. But when they look at the rates of safety for the public, we are no safer. This this was a failed experiment. Imprisoning everybody and anybody for anything just because you know they've got credit cards on them or you think they're guilty of a crime doesn't make the world a safer place. Mm, no, it doesn't. And I think... Yes, granted, there are a majority of people who have done horrific things behind bars, but there are astounding number of people, and I think they talked about over 40,000 people in the US who have not committed crimes but are serving life sentences. Yep. That blows my mind. Yep. And One and a half million people incarcerated, and if the stats are right, based on people that have been exonerated and proven innocent – they still think there's about 40,000 people who are innocent of the crime that they are serving a life sentence for. Life. That, to me, is heartbreaking because these people are serving yeah, life behind bars and not all of them have NBC to come and do a yep. story on them. To Or Rabia Chowdhury. And so you've got these... Um, different entities out there that are looking for justice for, you know, overturning wrongful convictions and, but 40,000 of them, like it's going to take a huge amount of time and some people are going to die behind bars having never been heard or their story being told or, you know. That could be your parents. It could be your partner. It could be your kids. Mm -hmm. That should scare everybody that you could be innocent and still go to prison for life. And, For me, it's not just the person who's in prison whose life is then ruined. It's the entire family, the Mm -hmm. children of that person who's incarcerated, their lives effectively ruined as well. And in in 13 Alibis, you get to hear from Richard's son and daughter, and they talk to the challenges that they've faced when they were at school, having to explain where dad is. And I thought it was so sweet when the son was saying that he just imagined that his dad was a power ranger and was out kind of saving the world, which is why he never saw him. And his daughter wrote this heartbreaking song about how wasn't she, she such a good singer? Oh, she was amazing. Like she really it made me cry. Yeah, it was that was really emotional. She wrote a song and sings it in the podcast about never having her father there on the sidelines, at the not key, just at the key moments of her life. And yeah, you know, I just mm. think it's so sad that. And this is perpetuating. And when you listen to the bonus episodes, or if you listen to the bonus episodes at the end, they do some really interesting town hall discussions about you have whole generations going down the same path. So where dad was imprisoned, rightfully or wrongfully, the percentage then of their children's likelihood of ending up behind bars and then the grandchildren ending up behind bars. And it's just, it goes on and on and on. And until we fix the systemic problem, the first one being wrongful incarceration how is this ever going to change and actually it's really close to home for me because my dad's brother was actually wrongfully incarcerated wow um but in new zealand and i did not know this yeah like dad's got lots of brothers and um a lot of them have you know had run-ins with the law over time um but there are a few of his brothers who just weren't 
like that as much. Basically what happened is, so he did give a girl a ride home. Um, she invited him in and, he, and got found out by her boyfriend that <gasps> that he, she'd she cheated on him. She had to say that and then she, it was rape. She said it was rape and he ended <gasps> up being in jail for eight years and only what? just only just being released um, last year. But they still won't say that they got it wrong. They just will release him. And I think that's the most frustrating shit that you can tarnish someone's reputation. You can ruin their family. You can ruin. And there's all this kind of conspiracy around the fact that one of my dad's cousins, who has the last name Retty as well, um, was running for mayor at the time and uh, that they pushed it in the press because this was um, front, front, front line news. It was on the front page of all the news articles at the time. George Retty Rapist because what? he had the same last name <gasps> as this is one of the one of the conspiracy theories because um, he had the same last name as the cousin that was also running for mayor at the time. What? And obviously, you know, this being like really close to home for us, it just breaks my heart knowing the impact and the ripple effect that stuff like this has on, as you just mentioned, the families surrounding the people that are wrongfully incarcerated. Yeah, and then. The knock-on effect, even if they are released from prison, you have to tick the box to say that you have been imprisoned or you are a felon and then nobody wants to employ you. So how do you expect society to get better? Because some people will be released on parole and they've got no skills and no means to make any money. I think that's one of the saddest things is that if people are released, then what happens? It's just like, we'll go back to living life. Congratulations, you're now 35. They won't even say that they're innocent. They just say, oh, we're just going to quash your conviction because... That is the thing that frustrates me the most. Because saying you're innocent would prove fault. You know, that that would say mm-hmm. that we were wrong. But we're not going to say that. We're just going to let you go. But we know, James, don't we, through locus of control, that until you can accept your portion of responsibility in any given outcome, there's no need to change because you don't think you've done anything no. wrong. And with the police protections and prosecute, prosecutors' protections mm-hmm. as well, where they can't themselves be prosecuted, I think the whole system is just set up for failure. I just, I can't imagine what it would be like for you, James, and those families of people who are wrongfully imprisoned. I just think it's so heartbreaking and things have to change. And that's New Zealand. Yep. That's shocking. But we, you know, you can't, you can't drink when you're, 17 in america you can't vote there's all these things that you can't do because they believe that you're a child but if you commit a crime crime, then they can give you life Mm -hmm. and and what i found interesting was and you'd have to listen to the podcast for this to make sense but in somewhere like canada or the uk 20 years would be a life sentence even if you had committed the crime but in america The family of the deceased want people to stay in prison forever and ever and ever. And it's like, why? Because I I was listening to a podcast um, the other day, one of my favorites, actually, um, Paul from True Crime Enthusiast. And he was talking to a petition at the moment to keep um, a family annihilator, Mm -hmm. you know, took out his entire family in prison after I think he served maybe 17 years which doesn't sound like a lot at all, I agree. I'm also in two minds about what are you trying to achieve? Are we just being spiteful and saying, no, if you took a life, then you deserve to stay in prison for the rest of your life? Because we'll then bring back capital punishment then. Mm. Because all all it's doing is costing the taxpayer to keep people behind bars. Mm -hmm. I, I just 
think the system's broken. There's so many other ways. And when they went in one of the bonus episodes, James, when they went to Germany and they saw how the prison system in Europe's work, where they have open prisons, because what they're essentially saying is this person did something wrong. What's the best way that we can now reconcile what they did and for the victims and the future of society? Because we know Locking people up, mass incarceration does not work, people. We need a new way of dealing with this. So I'm a strong believer, and I don't have any research to back this up, or um, I don't know if there's already um, initiatives that have looked into this and have proven it to be not effective. But why did we move away from criminals working off their time? Human rights. So it's all based on human rights? So they're not allowed to like do things that actually make the government money? They... They just have to be a liability. You can't force people to work as a as a as a punishment for a crime that they committed. All you can do is take their freedom away. That's how we've labelled justice. I can remember reading about a culture in one of the African countries where if somebody committed a crime, what you would do is you would stand them in the middle, the middle, the of, middle the of the town. circle, and everyone would come and. Well, they'd just be stood there for days and days and people could come up to them and say, you know, I've always respected you and I always thought better of you and I'd, I hope in future you won't do these things because I've always looked up to you. And everybody goes and gives them positive affirmations about yep. how disappointed they were in them and how they hope they won't do it again. And I, I think, why aren't we doing more things like that? Yep. Why do we think that, you know, the 80 billion dollars that we've spent on locking people up over the last decade Imagine where that if money we'd invested gone. that mm. into programs to help people you know young people find work and housing and health care and get off drugs i think it's such a waste of two people's lives but it's a business somebody gets murdered and somebody gets incarcerated it is a business it's a sales a business and the way that they've been set up yeah makes money for a profitable, a very small well. amount of people, um, but that make lots and lots and lots of money. We should get into politics, James. Oh, mate, look out! I think I'd be, <laughs> I think I'd be like, like what is it called? Like pulled over the coals, or like basically for some of my my out there opinions. I think they'd come, <laughs> they'd come back to haunt me, and people would be like, ah. <laughs> I can't get into politics in Australia because I wasn't born here. I'd have to give up my British citizenship. Oh, of course. Well, see, I can, but... Um, Do it, James. I'll vote. Mate, no way. Vote, James. No way. Oh, crack up. I think one of the things we haven't done, Oz, is talk about the host of the podcast, Dan Shelfin. He was awesome. Anyone that spends six years of their life investigating something like this, just you need to take your head off to them in terms of the amount of dedication and commitment. And, yeah, just the way he brought the story together, I thought, just deserved massive kudos. And he did talk to the fact that he's met a lot of people in prison who claim they're innocent and then he's found out that they're not. So he is talking to lots and lots of different people to truly find the innocent ones. And I loved the fact that one of the first things he said in one of the first interviews with Richard was, don't even bother lying to me because I'm going to check out every single thing that you told me. And if you lie, I will find out. He's a f- And he's a fact checker. And I think that's the thing that really, really stood out to me was he was non-biased right from the beginning. And although you'd hear these alibis that he went out to look for, he's like, I still don't know if this is right or wrong or I don't know Mm -hmm. if these people are lying to me or these people know Richard. So 
I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. And I think, yeah, the, the way that it's presented uh, allows you to remain unbiased as well and impartial. Yeah. Yeah. He did He did a great job and he has worked for NBC for 20 years. So I think he's a, he's a seasoned pro. He knows his shit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes. Um, and how cool that he had Keith Morrison as a guest on his show. Yeah, and Lester Holt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lester Holt went and spent a night in prison just to experience what it's like. And I, I, like I said to you before, James, I would love somebody please reach out and offer me an experience like that. I would happily go and spend a week in prison and do a podcast from inside prison because I just want to learn more about what it's like. Mm. And I reckon the Australian prison system would be so different, right, to the American oh, or the completely. UK one. Yeah, so and even a female prison. No, but don't get arrested all or don't go to prison because then you'll have to you'll be deported <laughs> back to the UK. <laughs> they can't deport me. I'm a citizen, you loser. Oh, so, yeah, sorry, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like I'm st- I'm still on a I'm like I'm still a tourist. <laughs> well, if you're looking for a good podcast, you need to make sure you download and listen to Thirteen Alibis by NBC. It's a must listen, and hopefully, we've told you enough reasons why. Huge kudos to NBC for another wicked podcast about the wrongfully incarcerated. Everything that comes out of NBC, I absolutely love. As always, if you like the podcast today, make sure you give us a five-star rating on whatever app you're listening to us on and leave us a review. It really does help other people find us. You can also get in touch with us on our email, which is myfriendhasnever at gmail.com. Or we're on all socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Get on it. Get on it. Uh, Oz? Yes, James. (laughs) <laughs> what else is happening at Ollie's Good Ear? Well, not this week, but a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a more local police podcast, which is Ooh. called State Crime Command. And it is made by, well, it's made about the New South Wales Police State Crime um, Division. And they mm-hmm. are talking to really local crimes. So they're talking to, you know, Coffs Harbour and... Sydney Harbour Ooh. Bridge, and I listened. the The last one that I listened to was, I think it was called Lost in Sea, a Lost at Sea, and there was four episodes. James, it was just terrifying listening to this family describe going on a yacht trip and then getting into trouble and having to get into a dinghy, and then there were sharks circling them, and some of them decided no. to make a swim for it. Uh-uh. It was terrifying james absolutely petrifying and it's really well made so i highly recommend listening to new south wales police state crime command investigations Ooh, that's a mouthful um (laughs) but yeah that um no thank you uh one of my movies that gives me anxiety is open water the one where they jump off the boat to go for a swim and then can't get back into the boat and yeah, Just, it is terrifying. That, that would be a and it is it is a very real thing. Like one of So real. Yeah, one of Cliff's friends um from many, many years ago was fishing with his uncle and they got into trouble and his uncle either survived or his remains were found, but Cliff's friend was never found and chances are he got taken by a shark. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That is devastating. Yeah. So check it out if you want some more terrifying (laughs) podcasts to listen to. Listen to a podcast that'll keep you up all night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Oz, last week you told us you were going out on a boat trip with your girls and we want to hear all about it. How was the Chimera trip? It was fantastic. 
earlybeach.com made sure that we had everything we needed. So for a fraction of the normal price, we had free booze all day from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. We were fed so well. We got to spend a couple of hours enjoying Whitehaven Beach. It was absolutely mega. And anybody looking to book the best trips possible needs to check out earlybeach.com to see the Whit Sundays in its fullest glory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Oz, what's on the cards for my friend has never listened to a podcast this week? What we're listening to. Well, you know I love me a good British podcast, James. So this week we are heading back over to a BBC News podcast. And as always, I'm going to give you the name and see if you can guess what it's about. Ooh, okay, cool. Bring it on. The podcast is The Lazarus Heist. Hmm. Is it about, like, diamonds or jewellery or something like that? Like, I feel like it would be... I'm going to say that it is the story of how some sort of famous jewel was taken. No, but that would be a really interesting podcast if it was. <laughs> I gave it a good crack. You What's did. It about? This is a more modern day heist. So it's about cyber heists. And there's, it hasn't finished yet. There's 10 episodes. I'm only up to episode eight. But so far, James... These cyber hacks are ruthless and there is an insinuation that a particular world dictator may be behind some of the hacks against huge establishments like Hollywood. Ooh, okay. Well, that sounds really interesting. I'm really keen to, to listen to it. So are we talking a dictator that we've reviewed? We or? have definitely talked about this dictator in the past for sure. And I'm still worried about mentioning his name because based on what happened to the people in Hollywood who joked about his death, we could be in a lot of trouble, James. All right. Well, um, for now, we'll keep the name of the dictator a secret until we've listened to The Lazarus Heist by BBC News. All right, so this week we're listening to The Lazarus Heist by BBC News. Make sure you download and listen to it, and we'll talk about it on next week's show. Awesome. A huge thank you to our editor, Jeff May, for doing all our editing and making our life so much easier. You make us sound so good. And as always, a huge thank you to MJ from Multidesign for our theme music. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you on the other side. I'll talk to you on the other side, buddy. (laughs) 